lovely humans. Welcome back to the Balanced Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. I'm feeling very rejuvenated, more rejuvenated than I've probably ever felt in my life after spending the last week at this amazing spa in Palm Springs. You can check it out on my Instagram. It was eight heavenly days of colonics, treatments, reading, hanging out in the hot tubs, hanging out in the saunas, cupping, massage. It was basically a full-blown gift to myself that I decided to gift myself in the spirit of major surrender, in the spirit of incredible self-care for many reasons. Uh, One of which is, of course, because I'm still healing from Lyme. Number two is because my wedding is coming up. Um, Of course, my incredible guest on the show today, co-host, whatever you want to call it, is my fiance, Jonathan. And we are quite excited to get married in November. And I want to feel my best and want to put my all into feeling incredible before our wedding. And then, of course, number three is because my course, Waking Back Up to Your Own Soul, finally launched. And during the week leading up to the launch, I needed to just chill out after spending about six weeks just doing nothing but creating the course, putting my all into creating the course. It was an incredible time of channeling and awakening and speaking to my light being, speaking to the Pleiadians, speaking to my angels, working day and night. And it was time to take my own advice and take myself on a self-care trip. Um, Of course, you don't have to take yourself on a trip in order to take care of yourself, but that was my decision this time around and it was amazing. So speaking of the course, Waking Back Up to Your Own Soul, It has launched and the cart is open through July 22nd. So you have about four or five more days to sign up if you haven't yet joined. It is an incredible nine-week deep dive into intuition, psychicness, working with the law of attraction, manifesting, connecting with your highest self, your soul that lives in the fifth dimension, the place where only loving consciousness exists. Everything about it is so fun. There are nine meditations with these really beautiful binaural beats that were created specifically for the course that um, resonate at a certain frequency that enhances feelings of inner peace, love, self-love, heightened intuition, and more. And you also get to join a fun secret Facebook group where you meet friends, have an accountability partner through the whole thing, and have four live webinars with yours truly on Zoom where you get to ask me questions, I channel live, and we all hang out. So that's Waking Back Up to Your Own Soul. You can find that on thebalancedblonde.com and then just go to the top, courses and ebooks, click on Waking Back Up to Your Own Soul. And we'll put the link in the show notes. So a common question I've been getting about the course, just to answer it here, is are there payment plans? So the course is $333, very intentionally chosen 
angel numbers because I believe it's important to invest in ourselves in a certain way when we are working toward manifesting abundance. But it was suggested to me to make this course much, much higher in price, um, more along the lines of 2500 And I didn't feel comfortable because I really wanted to make this course accessible and attainable. So it's $333. I believe its value is truly much higher, but I don't mind. I really, really do just want to get this into as many hands as possible, as many ears as possible. If you like podcasts, it's literally like listening to a podcast. You download the MP3 files. You can listen to them anywhere. And then there's a 60 page PDF that goes with it with intention setting mantra. And to answer the question, yes, there's a payment plan. So if you want that, you can email me Jordan at thebalancedblonde.com and I'll send you the info for the payment plan. It's just a separate link. But if you purchase it all at once, then you get everything all at once. And if you have the means, I would recommend doing it that way. However, it's everything. Um, Everything's available everywhere. And I just want to dance and sing and jump for joy because I've never been so excited about something in my life, pretty much. So waking up to your own soul, cart closes July 22nd. So get on it if you want to join us. Oh, it's so exciting. There's also playlists and music and quotes and oh, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. So the whole course was inspired by my journey, my latest journey with plant medicine, ayahuasca. I did this journey in May and Jonathan joined me. So I have him on the show today. We're talking about our journeys. We mostly focused on his journey in this episode because I don't get to have him come on very often. He's a private kind of dude. So I really wanted him to share his story because I know I'll have the chance to share more of mine in the future. However, I do believe I shared quite a bit of mine too. We recorded this around 10 p.m. I was exhausted. I was really out of it. There were moments where like every couple, we, I was, we, I wouldn't say we were arguing, but I was like, Jonathan, are you ever going to stop talking so that I can talk. And he was like, I'm your guest on your podcast. I thought I was supposed to be talking. So yeah, you guys won't actually hear that, but you'll know the backstory. So we are just like every other couple, of course. So fun to have him on. So grateful that he shared his story. I think it's cool for you guys to hear an ayahuasca experience from not just me, but also him because he is far less spiritual, quote unquote, than I am. And this was his first plant medicine journey uh, with ayahuasca. And he comes from a really different standpoint than I do. We're both spiritual people, but you know, I'm out there. I'm what somebody would call like literally living in the clouds and he's not. So I think he grounds me And for all of you who are not as out there as me, I think you'll really relate to Jonathan. And if you have people in your life more like Jonathan, you'll relate as well. So it's always fun to have him on. Really excited to share. And yeah, I just want to 
thank you all for being open to us sharing our plant medicine journey. I know that that is a different kind of thing, not something that everybody's open to. And by all means, if ayahuasca is not your thing, I hope you can just live vicariously through us in this episode. And I can't wait to do it again and again and sit in more ceremonies as the entire course, waking back up to your own soul, channeled through me during this plant medicine journey. So yippee. Before we get into the episode, let's thank our sponsor, the beautiful, the wonderful Four Sigmatic. I love Four Sigmatic. I, in fact, was drinking my mushroom elixir this morning. You can go to foursigmatic.com slash blonde to check out all my favorites on Four Sigmatic. I have a lot of favorites, favorites like chaga and lion's mane and cordyceps and mushroom hot cacao. It's like hot chocolate. Lately, I've been very into their beauty serums. Yes, they make skincare now. They're all over the board. You can listen to my episode, I believe it's number 85. Don't quote me. I think it is with Taro, founder of Four Sigmatic. Yep, it's 85. I just checked. And you can do that to learn all about medicinal mushrooms, non-psychedelic, and how they enhance our lives, why they're adaptogenic, how they take care of us how they've been a part of our ancestors' lives all across the globe for many centuries. There's tons of health benefits in these adaptogenic drinks and they taste delicious. So if you're looking to get off of coffee, have a less jittery life as coffee can make me personally really jittery, then I know you'll love Four Sigmatic. If you like matcha, they have mushroom matcha, They also have options on their website where you can kind of shop by what you're looking for, like beauty or chilling out or focus or alertness, all these different things. I love Four Sigmatic. They're the best. Check them out, foursigmatic.com slash blonde. That will get you 15% off and you'll see my favorites. So it's fun all around. Thank you for sponsoring the show and let's head back into or head right into rather this episode with my incredible fiance, Jonathan Albrecht, and do check out Waking Back Up to Your Own Soul. It's available for just a couple more days before the cart closes. Love you guys. guys i am here with my favorite person in the whole entire What's world <laughs> and my favorite cat in the whole entire world What's up, old man? who's sitting on the couch with us and i'm so excited to have you here today my fiance my almost husband my best friend in the whole entire world i think this is your fifth episode on the podcast over time I don't know. I or think. maybe you're sixth. Maybe, maybe fifth. I think you're right. So everybody listening, Jonathan was on the podcast before we were ever dating. And I highly recommend going back to listen to it. It's episode maybe 13, 11 or 13. We always say that I should know that. I, I think should you've remember. said this every episode. I know, but there's always new people listening. So if you're going back to listen to episode 11 or 13, also listen to whatever the other episodes are. And <laughs> Just you tell us which one it is. Same intro. How yeah. about that? 
So it was just very special to have him on at that time. And then we started dating about two days later. So it was very special. And now it's it's pretty cool to think about. I know we can go back and listen to it and hear the chemistry between us. And I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) People listened to it and told us that there was so much chemistry between us. They felt like they were sitting in on a private date. Yeah, that was Darshan. Oh yeah, shout out to Darshan. So today is a super special episode. We are talking about a very special experience that we had together doing plant medicine. And people listening might have heard my first ayahuasca episode, which was back in January. And the medicine completely changed my life. Since then, I've had an incredible shaman named Dennis on the podcast to talk about ayahuasca and what it is and safe practices for finding a practitioner and all different kinds of incredible things. So in May, the two of us had this experience together and I'm so excited to tell people about it. Yeah, it was uh, going in with no expectations or not really doing any research and out with that answered a lot of questions that I've had my whole life. Wow. I love hearing that. I think this is going to be a really cool conversation for us to have because I think doing it on the podcast, I'm probably going to learn some things about your experience and you're probably going to learn some things about mine. Why don't don't you tell everybody about when you got back from your very first retreat? Yeah. So when I got back from my first retreat in January, I felt like a completely changed person. I mean, I was a completely changed person. I It was all I could talk about ayahuasca, my journey. I was having friends over every night to share the experience, recap the experience, share more. (laughs) I wish you guys could see Jonathan's face right now. We'd be in bed at night. You'd be falling asleep and I'd be like, oh, I thought of something else that happened that I really, really want to tell you. And this went on for days and then weeks. And it was just such an all-encompassing experience I was so excited to just talk about it. And I also recognized it's a hard thing to understand for people who have never experienced it before, but you're my other half. So (laughs) I wanted you to, to know the transformation that had taken place. So you were a pretty good sport. You had a couple of moments of being like, okay, I get it. You did ayahuasca. I heard about it, like, let's move on. And eventually we reached the point where I just, it had impacted my life so deeply that I wanted you to have this experience as well. So take it, take it from there. Sure. So she asked if I paid for the retreat, would you, would you go? There's an all men's retreat in Santa Rosa. and. I I was like, sure, you know, I mean, it's on your dime. Why not now? Uh, it was <laughs> That's an all- how much I cared about it. 
it was a it was an all men's retreat. And when she would talk about it right when she got back, she was like, I want to do this with you. I want to do this with you. And I wanted to have my own experience. Like when I heard about Jordan's experience, she was away from technology. She wasn't able to get a hold of me the whole weekend. She was able to journal and write and have this experience on her own. Um, And if we were going to be doing it together, it would have been doing the first night ceremony, having conversation about it because we would be going to bed together, doing it the next day, having conversation about it. It wouldn't have been my own experience. So the idea of doing the men's retreat was exciting because I felt uh, that I can kind of get away. And it was in a yurt. It was in the middle of the redwoods. just sounded really cool. And so I would have left on Friday uh, to drive to Northern California from Los Angeles. And and it was Sunday, uh, the Sunday before. And I'm sleeping outside on, we have some lounge chairs and it was sunny out. So I'm just laying outside. Uh, I ended up falling asleep and I wake up abruptly to a bee that had stung me on my calf. And I've never, I don't think I've been stung by a bee and I actually don't remember ever being stung by a bee. I stepped on a wasp's nest when I was in Boy Scouts and wasps bite or no, they sting, but they don't leave the uh, stinger. The stinger, the pouch, right? The sack. Ew. Yeah, um, and they can sting multiple times until they die. So my whole leg was just like stung by when you were a kid. I think I was eleven, so I went to the hospital for that, and I haven't really been stung since. And I didn't realize that I was allergic, so I kind of just pulled it out, which you're not supposed to do. You're supposed to like take a credit card or something, and then like tweezers. I don't even think you're supposed to do that. I think you're supposed to like just massage it out and it just kind of comes out. What I ended up doing was uh, picking it out, but I picked out the, like the pointer, but I didn't pick out the the sack. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that word. I know. So like Monday rolls around and it's getting itchy and I'm itching it. And then Tuesday, it's like feeling really not good at all. Turns out it was infected and my ankle at this point was a cankle. I was like, it was completely swollen. And I remember emailing them and saying like, so I know this sounds like a cop out, but I got stung by a bee. I went to emergency care. They gave me a Benadryl shot and an EpiPen. And I don't think I'm going to be able to make it this weekend because I think this would be just a giant distraction. And I never ended up going. And I never, if I say I'm going to do something, I do it every time. I never just not do something. I right. never DNF'd at a race. Like <laughs> True, um, which means did not finish yeah. for those non-runner people, which was me <laughs> until I knew you. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so when Jordan had said that there was uh, another retreat, it was in LA, which was super convenient. And it was in April. I was like, you know what? It in was May. A- May? May. 
it was at the end of May. And I was like, I, I really like starting the new month with like a clear perspective. So we were back on the first and I just thought that or we were there on the first. Yeah. Uh, our anniversary. Yeah. And I just thought it was so cool. It, the, the whole experience. I mean, it was, I, I had no idea what I was getting myself yeah. into. Well, well, we'll get into the experience. And the other crazy thing is that I was supposed to go to a different retreat as well in March. And was it March or the beginning of April? I was supposed to go to a different retreat with the same group, same shaman. And I also got sick coming back from Canada, exploded in full body hives and ended up being way too sick to, to go to the experience. Um, so I rescheduled to the end of May and then you rescheduled your men's retreat. And I guess it was meant to be, I guess it was meant to be. And I had felt all along deep in my intuition that we were supposed to be doing it together. When you're right. I know this is accurate. It was so accurate. I mean, I came back the first time and said to Jonathan, the only thing that would have made it so much better is if you were there. And I know when you go and have this experience, having me there is not going to make it any less individual for you. It's just going to make it so special because we'll have each other at the end of each ceremony. So we ended up going together. And yeah, I think if you you could talk a little bit about how you felt leading up to the retreat that week, because I know I had experienced it before. So I was just excited plus nervous because I think if you're not nervous when you're about to embark on an ayahuasca journey, um, you're probably just crazy. So I mean, I, I wasn't nervous, but you didn't know what you were getting into. Yeah, but I wasn't. Yes, you were nervous. I was nervous once we, once the ceremony was like actually happening, but. No, I feel like you were nervous that week. (laughs) Remember? I was like, why are you acting so funny? And we realized that you were nervous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, it's all coming back to me. (laughs) Um, I'm like, what do you mean you weren't nervous? Yeah, I was like, uh, you know, a little on edge, like working really hard. Usually before I go on any trip of any kind, I'm trying to get like four or five days in and three or four days. And so like I'm in like work mode and then I'm not dedicating any time to learning about what I'm getting myself into at all. So I'm just like, whatever, I'm just going to ride this way of like no idea how big it's going to be or, or what. And yeah, as I guess as it got closer, I wouldn't say I was nervous. I just was a little edgy. You were. You're a little moody. Moody is a better <laughs> word. Okay, moody. I think nerves can show up in all different kinds of forms. And you were definitely very moody. But I get it. Because when you're embarking on something like ayahuasca for the first time or the second time or any time, it's pretty natural to feel a bit of a different way leading up to it. And as we learned, the medicine of ayahuasca is working through you once you know that you're doing it, once you commit to doing it and going to a ceremony and experiencing it, the medicine starts to work through you in 
ways that we can't even possibly realize, which is why I believe the medicine worked through you by getting the bee sting because you weren't supposed to go that that weekend for whatever reason. And the medicine worked through me getting me sick in Canada, although that was a whole lot of stuff happening. Having a hard time following your train of thought. Well, what I'm saying is ayahuasca, the medicine, has a mind of its own. It's very, very smart. It's very wise. It's a grandmother plant. And once you commit to doing ayahuasca, sitting in an ayahuasca ceremony, oh my God, I wish you guys could see Jonathan's face. The medicine starts to work through you in your life. And I'll tell you a bunch of different things. Like I was getting extremely hot that whole entire week leading up to our retreat. I never get hot. I'm always cold. Just getting really hot and like sweaty and like uncomfortable from heat. And then it turned out throughout the whole weekend, I was purging through sweating and heat, extreme heat. Jonathan is laughing at me. <laughs> if you guys want to know more about how the medicine works through you, you can listen to the episode with Dennis. It's, it's a fact. I, I just, yeah, it's just a hard concept to grasp. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's perfect that we're both here because we can serve from two slightly different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. So we got there. We drove there. It was in Los Angeles, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. It was rad. It was in a palace, like in, like, um, like an Arabian palace, like something out of, and a lot like the movie Aladdin. Yes. There was tiles, like thousand millions of like little tiles, colorful tiles. We're not just exaggerating. Like the, uh, when they were describing the house, they were saying that there are over a million individual tiles throughout this entire house. The entire house was tile. And the ceremony component of it all, I I didn't fully understand either. Uh, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I didn't know if we were just going in and having some tea and just, you know, zonking out. Because the only thing I knew of ayahuasca, and I think it's good that Chelsea Handler brought this to the forefront with, like Netflix thing that she did. But that was that what I envisioned in my head is that we were going to be in this like room, like hardwood floors, like there's just one dude and he gives you some of this medicine and then you're on a yoga mat and you just like lay down and he'll like sing to you. Because everyone's like, oh, the music, the music is incredible. Um, I just thought it was like this one shaman that it was going to be singing, like, like in, the, in the special. So with my expectations being low, I guess, of what the experience was going to be, I mean, this experience was mind-blowing. It would be like driving a Rolls-Royce for your very first car and not knowing anything else because it's almost impossible to live up to how beautiful and intentional every single thing about the entire ceremony was. And I had no idea what we were getting ourselves into, what I was getting myself myself into. So 
to kind of paint the landscape, you have this beautiful palace. And in one of the main living room areas is just, I mean, a giant circle of blankets and chairs completing a full circle. And all of the women will sit on one side and all of the men sat on the other side. And where you sit is where you are for the entire weekend. So when we got there, we were probably one of what, like the first three or four people, like five people that were there. Yeah. Who did we meet in the kitchen when we first walked in? Um, In the kitchen? Yeah, it was Lizzie. Maybe. I'm trying to remember and who we first met. It was the met. two blondes from... Oh, Lizzie and Daisy. Lizzie and Daisy. Yeah. Yeah. And we I feel, and we met Alaya when we first walked in. Yep. We met Alaya because we she went... She showed us to our room. Yeah, we went to her room by accident. She's like, oh, this yeah. is my room. Yeah. And Crosby. And Crosby. Oh, and the coolest thing was we met Ted in the kitchen yes. and... He, after talking to him for a few minutes, he said, this is going to sound really weird, but do you have a podcast? Because I recognize your voice. And when I was researching ayahuasca, I found your podcast. So that was such a crazy full circle moment. Just lots of good vibes when we entered the house. Oh my God. I mean, like so many good vibes. Ted was the first person I talked to and he opened with, hey, is this the first time that you're doing this? And I was like, yeah. He goes, me too. I'm Ted. (laughs) And I immediately felt like, okay, cool. I'm not the only one. And it's really just amazing that the people that you are having this experience with, how close you end up becoming with them by the end. Uh, Also something I wasn't expecting at all. Um, again, I was just expecting like empty room yoga mat dude singing some songs in a native Peruvian language of sorts that I don't know any of the words, but it sounds pretty. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't it at, at all. So uh, the first night we started at what like six thirty seven. Yeah, I think we gathered around seven seven. There were about 20 of us plus the shaman and like six helpers, facilitators. So it was a big circle and there's a big sharing portion before anything else starts. Yeah. the uh, So there's a team literally of six or seven that all have different skill sets like if you had a toolkit, like each one was a very intentional so true. tool. You had a, a body worker, an energy body worker who, if you're restless in the very first night, I was so restless. My way of purging, people purge differently. Mine was just like horrible restlessness and like, uh, I don't want to say pain in my arm but just discomfort because half of it was because I just didn't really set up my, my space well, knowing that, you know, if you don't have enough pillows, you're kind of in it for the whole night with what you have. So 
being very aware of that, I kind of set up my routine a little bit differently the next day. But you had an energy healer. You had uh, trained professional musicians. Beautiful music. Knew, there must have been, I, I'm not even kidding, like 40 different instruments <laughs> so that true. they would play throughout the entire weekend, all provoking different sounds and moods. Like there was a sound bath at one point and it was like having a concert. The shaman and some of the other leaders were unbelievable singers and whistlers. Like if <laughs> you loved that. Oh my God. Well, you know how uh those professional whistlers that could like uh shake the way yeah. kind of like in um in Kill Bill, but you probably don't remember that. I don't. Uh, it was incredible. The the music was just amazing. Yeah. And when you feel the ayahuasca medicine in your system, music is so much more powerful and just takes on a whole new meaning in so many different ways. So whistling and everything is even more beautiful. Yeah. It, it was, it was joyous and incredible. So we each have our own spot. I'm opposite Jordan. Uh, if I'm at, I was kind of at six o'clock. Jordan was at 11 o'clock. Uh, yeah, I was like as far as you could be, as close as the, as close to the shaman as possible. Yeah. <laughs> that was my, that was my intention. And then um, you go around in a circle and, and you're, and you share. Uh, and before every night the the ceremony would begin, you open with a share. And you could share as little or as much as you want. And there were people who maybe said 10 words or less, not because they were shy, just because they their intentions were very precise and they're just not talkers. You had some talkers. <laughs> <laughs> some hilarious people. Uh, amazing people. Some amazing, hilarious. I still laugh thinking about like what some people said. Yeah. Every day I think about it and I laugh. Oh man. And one of these people was at my retreat in January as well. So it was a huge treat for me to be around this person again. He's literally joy. In a human. He is a beautiful brute, as I put it. <laughs> yes. And you have individuals like him who are great speakers and uh, an intellectual. Yeah. And very introspective. Definitely. Do you remember what you shared? Yeah. So... I mean, I was, I think, like maybe the eighth uh, or ninth, like guy, and then there was just one more after me, and then it the circle continued on to the women. So um, I remember the first time I spoke, I was very clear about what my intention is. If I took anything away. Uh, from Jordan leading up to the retreat, it was, you know, you want to go into this with a clear intention. And for me, it was to have a better understanding. This is what I had 
I thought it was to have a better understanding um, and less fear related to death and dying. Uh, it's been something that has just terrified me my whole life. Just the thought of like, boom, we're, we're done. We're done. That's it. That is the end. There's nothing more. People are going to forget about you in a hundred years, like you're dust. And like, wow, like what a scary thought. And I still have those fears. Uh, but I do feel that from the medicine, I have a better understanding of the process and that it's not as scary as, uh, as I need to fear it. That was my intention. And my other intention was to kind of go through my family tree and get a better understanding of who my, you know, who my grandparents were. My grandfather had lung cancer and didn't, want to continue knowing that that was going to be his path was chemo treatments and putting people through pain. So he hung himself and I didn't find that out. My brother and I didn't find that out till we were like 30 years old, maybe 29 or 30. And to go your whole life thinking that your grandfather passed away from lung cancer, because that's what your parents told you. To find out after that that's not what actually happened. Uh, and then my mom's mom, who I knew, had uh, she just had a pain pill addiction. And, and she lived through the Holocaust. Yeah. And she ended up taking her life, not on purpose, but just from numbing herself to the point of just that was that was it so i i really wanted to get a better understanding of like who they were you would always say that you were able to talk to your grandparents um i didn't actually have a conversation with them but i felt like i was able to hit the rewind button on their whole life from the end all the way to the beginning and see them as kids and see them live through some of the experience that they did. You know, my, my mom's mom was in the Holocaust and she lost her entire family, her brothers, her parents, all of her cousins. And my grandpa had a wife and a kid and parents and cousins and nieces and a brother and they all died and in the Holocaust. In the Holocaust. And then my grandma and grandpa met and it was more of like just an arranged marriage. And it's kind of sick to say, but like if the Holocaust didn't happen, the atrocious things that occurred, like I wouldn't be here. And you know, hitting the rewind button on my on my grandma. I see why she was in so much pain. Like, I don't know how I'd be able to live, like knowing that that was like you, 
you you move to America maybe you know five years later and you're just expected to start this new life with this person and you're in a foreign country you're so far from anything you've ever known with nobody that you know like yeah I would I mean if pills were available to me and that was my like you know youth I would probably be in a similar situation and then my grandpa who I get a lot of who I am from, you know, he just appreciated every single day and minute that he was alive and like had four beautiful blonde daughters. I don't know, like he had his youngest when he was 50 and just loved life more than anything every day. It was cool. And the medicine really was able to have a greater appreciation for those people in my life. That's such a beautiful thing. And that so was kind of, that was like my first night. Yeah. Your intentions came to fruition. Yeah. And when I had body work done, like during that restlessness, that was like the only time where I felt like visions. Other than that, it was just like, you get really deep into your mind. Um, at least for me, I did. It wasn't like I was seeing crazy things. I didn't get any visions, but I did get some visuals when uh, I was getting some body work done. It was pretty fascinating. What kind of visuals? Uh, just like a kaleidoscope. You know, I guess that would be the best way to describe it, but definitely not as vibrant of colors. Like, muted black versions of like a kaleidoscope uh, that would completely change entirely in color um, when I was being worked on. Like I felt wow. like the the visions go from like a really dark black and deep purple to like, it. I described it as like a, like when you have a cake, you have that glass like container that goes over the cake. I felt like this glass container just like cover my whole body. It was it was so cool. Yeah, that sounds very comforting. All right, just a brief interruption from this episode to actually talk about a giveaway. Giveaways are so amazing and I feel quite honored to be hosting a giveaway with Manitoba Harvest. They have been one of my favorite companies for many years now, way back when, before I started my blog, when I first went vegan and got really into health and started using protein powders and all that good stuff, I would buy Manitoba Harvest vanilla flavored hemp protein and not a whole lot has changed. I'm still such a fan. So Manitoba Harvest has been sponsoring the show for the last few months. And today we're hosting a giveaway together. So to enter the giveaway, you can rate and review this podcast on iTunes and send a screenshot to jordan at thebalancedblonde.com. And for a bonus points, follow Manitoba Harvest on Instagram. Their Instagram is simply Manitoba Harvest, just as it sounds. They are 
fun to follow because they share recipes, um, healthy recipes, all sorts of things. They have CBD, they have hemp hearts, they have hemp protein, they have granola and protein bars. So you can really check it all out um, on Manitoba Harvest website. If you go to the links in the show notes, you'll get a dollar off of their hemp hearts. I love their hemp hearts because they're organic. They have so much fiber. They have so much protein. They have 12 grams of omegas, three and six, which is really important, especially for those of us who are plant-based. They're gluten-free, they're keto, they are paleo, vegan, organic, non-GMO, all the good things. Do check out their protein powders. They even have hemp oil. And be sure to enter our giveaway by rating and reviewing the podcast on iTunes, emailing it to jordan at thebalancebond.com. And for bonus points, following Manitoba Harvest on Instagram. Thank you, Manitoba Harvest. And we'll head back into this episode with Jonathan. How would you describe your first night at this ceremony? Well, my intention, if I remember, because I had so many intentions (laughs) that I ended up just stilling down into just one or two upon the recommendation from Shaman and his wife. What, What were they? I had so many and one of them was to continue healing my physical body and finding new ways to heal myself. Very much like my first ceremony helped me heal myself so much. And then the other one was the course that has been channeling through me for so long. The course you just finished tonight? Yes, the course that I finished tonight that's now available when people listen to this episode. I wanted clarity around the course and to know what all the modules were. And I wanted to know what just everything about it. I wanted all the details. So the medicine on the first night, I had a very intense experience, as you know, everyone listening uh, might not know yet. So it was very interesting because since I had done it once before, I went into this weekend thinking that because in the ayahuasca ceremony each night, you have the option to take the ayahuasca medicine three times at about like two hour intervals, which (laughs) is something that Jonathan did not know leading up to our retreat. He thought you just take it once each night, which makes sense. And in some traditions you do, but in this particular circle with these particular people, this is the way that they lead the ceremony. So, so not to interrupt, but I didn't know that. And I had the first serving and I'd say the servings you're last about two to two and a half hours before they do another serving. So it's about maybe two and a half hours in and I'm starting to like come out of it. And I'm thinking like, man, there's easily five, six hours left. Like you're starting to have coherent thoughts. So I'm like, man, there's easily five, six hours left. And I didn't know that they were doing a second serving. And then they're like, and now time for the second serving. And I was like, 
Yes. I know. That was something that I really wanted you to know. And I was thinking as we were going into the ceremony, I don't think he knows this. So he's going to learn. So I just thought it would be similar to my first experience where upon the first serving, I felt nothing. Um, Can, Can we talk about, sorry to interrupt again. Can we just talk about how the shaman will stare into your soul mm-hmm. and pour like the perfect amount that is right for you, not just based on like your height and weight and gender. Based but, off of your soul. But your soul. Yeah. He speaks to the plant. The plant speaks to him. He looks into your eyes. He takes into account what you have come there to experience And you have the option whether to say, I want to go deep in this experience or I want to have a really light experience. And then... And he says that with his eyes and you respond with yours. It's just this intense moment. And it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. So I just thought that I wouldn't really feel the first serving just the way that I didn't feel the first serving at all my first weekend. In the way that you mentioned, you didn't really feel the first serving very much this past time that we were there. So I was very prepared to just lay there and not feel anything until the second serving. Two hours later, two-ish hours later, after the first serving, I started going deep into the medicine and kind of losing all grip on reality very, very, very quickly. And looking around me, people's faces were starting to dissolve. I was looking at the shaman. He was playing the guitar or whatever instrument he was playing. And guitar. Um, yeah, and singing. And it looked like he had 10 heads. Just immediately, I took the medicine probably like 30 minutes before that. So I started panicking because although I I like to tell myself that I'm very open to surrender. And I I do surrender to the universe as much as possible. I thought that I knew what I was getting into. And all of a sudden it was so different from what I thought was going to happen. And I immediately was slipping into this other universe, this other reality. So because I know how deep the medicine can take me because of where I've been, um, I started panicking and I started raising my hand and asking for help, which I know you know because you can hear me in the room. I just kept raising my hand and saying, I need help. I need help. I'm really scared. So I turned to the woman next to me who happened to be one of the facilitators, one of the people helping facilitate the circle. And I was just holding on to her for dear life. And I was whispering to her, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. This is really terrifying. I'm starting to feel a lot of pain. And I was starting to feel so much pain in my body and all the pain that I usually feel from Lyme and from just, yeah, having Lyme disease was starting to be really enhanced. And she was telling me there's nothing to be afraid of. And I was saying, no, I I feel really, really, really scared. And she said, it doesn't have to be scary. You can dance with the universe. You can let go. You can dance with the universe. You can know that the medicine is working. 
So she helped me a lot. And then one by one, pretty much each of the facilitators helped me. She was a unicorn. Yeah, she was a unicorn. And I stared into her face and her face took on the image of a dark moon, which was the tarot card that I had pulled before we left. And it was very clear to me in that moment that the dark moon of her face was my own darkness, my own shadow that I had to stare directly into that was making me very nauseous and very scared. And I was shaking. And eventually I just put my hands together and they looked like these two little shovels. Like I can't even describe. (laughs) They didn't look like hands at all. And they just were shaking, convulsing like crazy and releasing so much pain. So the first night for me was all about releasing a ton of pain. I felt many times like I was going to throw up, but I didn't. And then when the ceremony ended many hours later, six hours later, my ceremony was not over. and (laughs) I was so in it still and I was still calling for help. And then you came over to me and helped me so much. Everyone was trying to get me to eat watermelon and I couldn't even look at food. And I eventually went outside with you and ate a little bit of food. So I slept that night, which was also different from my last retreat. And yeah, it was very clear to me that the first night this time around was all about releasing pain and getting in touch with my darkness which is not always an easy thing to do or ever an easy thing to do, but it paves the way for more joyous experiences and lighter experiences to follow. So I had high hopes for the following night. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, definitely a different experience than my first night. When the ceremony starts and ends, so after everybody went and initially said their share, Uh, And then everybody goes through the process of having their first serving uh, given to them. There's been so much talking and stuff happening that when everybody had the medicine and then, and then no one else was left to take the medicine, the ceremony just starts like, so it was like dead quiet. And I was like sitting up thinking like, do we, do anything at this point and it's like dead silent and after like five minutes i realized okay so i think we just kind of chill here and like this is this is it so i'm like thinking like do i do i lay down do i sit like trying to like shuffle my pillow situation and i was seeing how long i could stay coherent like fighting the medicine uh before letting it just take its hold of me and like seeing if there's anything that kind of happens when it starts to enter your, you know, your, your system. And I just remember getting really like heavy. And next thing I knew, I was just kind of like laying down and then you just go into your own mind. And um, I had a really beautiful first night that ended with me comforting you which I always love doing. And the most delicious watermelon and pineapple ever. It was like in the refrigerator, chilling for, it was like at the perfect like temperature. It was also that we 
we're feeling the medicine in our body. Oh my it will God. make everything taste better. It was so good. And then we went to bed. And next day, day two, I woke up and I'm thinking like, okay, like that was fun. I could do that again. Next ceremony is at seven. We woke up and had a delicious spread. There was uh, Air One provided, which was... It was? Yeah, they had the Air One bread. That was mine. No, they also had Air One bread. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, it was kind that you wouldn't eat. It was like their loaf. But we were having like toast with ghee and jam and they had... um, That was delicious. They had uh, just like organic granola and all this like really delicious food. And at 11 o'clock, we did yoga. Kundalini. We did Kundalini, led by the shaman. And it was so fun. And then after that, we had like, I don't know, three or four hours to do whatever we wanted. And keep in mind, we went to bed at like 4 a.m. And we woke up like at- Like five or six. Yeah, maybe five, yeah, six. And then we had to wake up at nine. 9.30 or something to have breakfast and get ready for yoga, which was at 11. So after yoga, which was probably over around like 12.15, you technically could do whatever you want, but we just went and clocked out. Uh, and then I think I woke up right around 6 p.m. And then we had the day two ceremony. And now I kind of have an understanding of what we're getting ourselves into. We do the same thing. We do this beautiful share. And, you know, I shared that I was able to get a little more clarity on my heritage, but hadn't yet had that understanding of, of death and really what it's like. And I 100% did on the second night. The shaman had asked me if I wanted to go deep that night and I did I am not a big guy but I have a pretty heavy tolerance for most things I think and it was full on for me the second night I had set my pillows up a little bit uh, better so I was super comfortable comfort is super important when you're on the medicine. That's all I have to say. What about you, Bubba? Yeah, I agree. Comfort is super important. Um, My first weekend, which was in Santa Cruz, I was really comfortable the whole time. And this time I could not get comfortable. I didn't really have right pillows with me or anything. And it does make a huge difference just for anyone who's thinking about going and having an experience like this. So my second night was exactly what I asked for. Um, My intention was to have an enjoyable experience, a light experience, to speak to my soul and not have fear and not have a whole lot of pain the way that I did the first night, which was all very scary and very painful. And I felt very much like, I went through that fear and that pain so that I could enjoy the second night and learn some things about myself, speak to my ancestors, have visions, and all of that happened. So I think the most beautiful thing 
that happened by far was, well, a couple of things. Um, the most beautiful thing that happened was when I was deep on the medicine after my second cup, I went into the bathroom, one of those beautiful bathrooms with so many tiles all over the whole entire bathroom and hot pink walls and really, really, really high ceilings. And I looked in the mirror and I saw myself as someone else would say me. I saw myself, it was a very like three-dimensional experience. I didn't feel like I was just looking into a mirror and I loved myself so much. You were much. a different person looking at Jordan. Yeah. And the love that I felt was so strong. And I've never, ever, ever thought that I was that beautiful in my life, beautiful on a soul and spirit level, and also just everything. I felt like I was seeing myself the way that you see me. And that was the first time I had ever experienced that to that degree. And it was amazing. And I started talking to myself in the mirror and I didn't even have any conscious control over what I was saying. I was just speaking and words were coming out and I had no control over what I was saying. But what I was saying was, I'm here now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I wasn't here before. I'm here now. And you never have to do this alone again. Anything in life, I... I'm with you. And it was my soul, my ancestors, the Pleiadian light beings. It was just my spirit. It was so beautiful. She was so beautiful. And I had this crystal with me, the one that we have with us right now. And it was just such a powerful experience. Then I walked back to my space. I kept checking on you um, and would walk over to you and see you, but you were going through your own experience. And then I really, really wanted the body worker to work on me. And he had set up a mattress in the middle of the circle. And I was like... The human form of Jordan came out. Yeah. I became obsessive about wanting to be next. And I was so afraid that I wouldn't be able to let him know that I wanted to be next or that I wanted to go at all because there's no talking in the ceremony and there's not really any moving around either. Keep in mind, this is an energy worker. so. He felt Jordan sitting there like he knew exactly what. Well, yeah. So I literally got out of my space, walked up and, and sat beside him. And he kept working on this other person. And then eventually he looked at me and said, yes. And I said, oh, and I was just trying to like gather any human language that I knew because I was so on a different planet and trying to sound so normal. Oh, I was just wondering if potentially I could go next when you're finished with him. (laughs) He just stared at me for like 10 seconds. And then he said, yes. And then I was like, okay. Then I just lingered for so long. I felt like this is not a normal thing to do. So I got up and went back to my space and waited. And then he came and got me when he was ready. And it was so beautiful what happened. Um, There was so much celestial energy around us. He was pulling trauma and memories, childhood memories out of my body that I could physically like feel them leaving my body, which inspired the course that I created that has a bunch of different um, 
topics and meditations all about releasing that lodged trauma. Yeah, I, I, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking that you have all these people having all these different experiences. And if you were to ask somebody like, what, what is it like to be on ayahuasca? I think what you end up finding is that the, the pages of your book that have been written for you for the earliest parts of your life, for the formative years or the formative moments, it could have been, you know, when you were 30, it could have been at any point that we suppress it down so much. And it really just brings it to the surface. You had people that had horrific things happen to them in their childhood that are experiencing with experiencing the how do I put it? Um, the trauma or the yeah. memories? Yeah, like revisiting it uh, and trying to understand it and learning through it to have empathy for the people that have done these horrific things. And on the other end of the, the landscape, you have someone like like me who I, I was finding a lot of beauty and understanding and it wasn't traumatic. There were a lot of people who had a lot of trauma and there were a lot of people who also were just finding a deeper appreciation for life like our beautiful brute friend. Yeah. And being grateful for everything that we have. I'd say my biggest takeaway, and I'd love to hear yours, but after the second night was that we as human beings harbor so much pain. We all harbor pain. Every single person on this planet, if you're human, is harboring some form of pain. And we suppress it down and we turn it off. Uh, I was saying that when I was a kid, my mom would, in the most loving way, be like, Jonathan, don't cry. Don't cry. And you're taking a human emotion that's organic and natural that just occurs when you're sad or let down or something. And then the most important person in your life is saying like, stop doing that in this moment. And you turn it off like a faucet. You just turn it off and then the piping just, it it swells. But we as human beings have been able to just like press that down. And I think the medicine like brings it up and it's cathartic. And uh, whether you have a really beautiful experience or really traumatic experience when you're talking about it afterwards you everybody came out of it with a lightness even those that were having a really hard time yeah so that was like or, my biggest or uh, especially those that were having a hard time because yeah. i think the darker that you go the lighter you can go i think it's just a mirror I love you. I love you too. Everyone was 
kind of making fun of us the whole time because <laughs> we we obviously are head over heels in love with each other, and we're not. You're not supposed to go on the women's side if you're a guy, and the women aren't supposed to go on the guy's side. But you know, when Jordan was trying to get her body work done, she would sneak over and just like whisper something sweet in my ear, give me a kiss on the forehead. And as much as I did not want to do this with you and have my own experience, having you with me was one of the best parts of my experience. So you're right. Jordan won. Jonathan zero. Yeah. One more brief interruption from this conversation about ayahuasca, grandmother ayahuasca, the best of the best, to talk to you about Silver Fern Brand, the company that I love so much that I'm actually creating a product with them, with the beautiful Charity Lighten, the founder, chief nutritionist of Silver Fern. So if you want to listen to Charity on the podcast, head to episode 106. We talk all about gut health, why gut health is so important, why Silver Fern probiotics are the best of the best. And that's because they survive once they hit your gut. So many probiotics don't. So you're spending all this money on these probiotics and they don't even survive once they hit your gut. But Silver Fern does. So I love Silver Fern. You can use the code BLONDE for a nice big discount on silverfernbrand.com. You can order probiotics, digestive enzymes. I take like five with my food, with every meal because I need them. My gut needs them. You can order plant-based protein powder. I literally eat theirs every day. I put it in smoothies. My parents use it too. They also have fiber. They have kids probiotics, which is important. They have so much stuff and they're rebranding right now. It's literally beautiful. And we're creating a product together, which will be launching soon. Products take a long time. You know how that goes. We're making it perfect. So check out silverfernbrand.com. Use the code blonde and enjoy. My biggest takeaway was that night I had two. One of them was, well, you're laughing at me because I can never, ever, ever choose just one thing. Seeing myself three-dimensionally like that was something I'll never forget. But biggest takeaway. No, I mean. That you're beautiful. Yeah, beautiful and powerful. And when we look at ourselves, we just see everything wrong with us. That's what people do. I've just convinced myself so many times that so many things about me are undesirable. And then seeing myself with nothing but love, so much love and beauty was earth shattering, earth shattering. It was incredible. And the second takeaway, what really astounded me was the body worker pulling memories out of my stomach he wouldn't describe it that way, but that's what I was experiencing. And I learned two things from that. One, that a healer can only heal you if you work with them. Like if I had just closed off my mind and zoned out while he was working on me, I don't think 
he could have healed me. But because I was working with him and tapping into my subconscious at the same time, I was releasing these stored emotions. And it really astounded me that memories that I had from being like seven years old, things that my friend's mom said to me were causing me so much pain. And I have not thought about them since she said them. I haven't thought about it in my adulthood at all. And just seeing how her energy way back then affected me so deeply and then knowing that every interaction we have affects us so deeply, positively or negatively or neutrally. And it was just insane to me that we carry around every conversation we've ever had inside of us. And we carry around every moment of our ancestors' lives as well. So you can view that as terrifying or you can view that as insanely powerful. And we're full of so much information and so much knowledge. And I just, I learned that night that it's so important to take care of every aspect of ourselves and not turn our backs on anything, like even a negative conversation that you have. So I could go on and on. Those were my takeaways. I love it. Um, so that was a great night. I saw a glimpse of really what death was like that night. I can only describe it as like being on your on your deathbed, like crossing over. Like I felt I felt there. And it wasn't as scary as I thought it was gonna be. And I was there. Yeah. I had some kind of feeling come over me where I had to walk over to you across the room and hold your hand. I hate when she says this stuff because it's strangely like accurate <laughs> and it's like mystic, which I've never really believed. But like her, the timing that she came over was literally when I was like fucking dying. Like when I was at the end of my life, you showed up at that moment. Uh, and it made like, if you can imagine, like it just made it feel even more real. Like she was there. And yeah, it was, it was crazy. Um, I had a vision for maybe a half of a second and then it was gone. And then my human brain wanted, realized it and was like trying to find that moment. So then I completely came out of the medicine. Uh, but that whole experience was probably the best part of the whole weekend. And I, something else that I should share, I was writing the whole time in my journal. Like there was, Daisy was right across from me also. And I saw that on the first night she was, what I thought was writing, she was actually drawing. But I saw that she was 
using a pen and paper. And I was like, oh, I guess that's acceptable. So uh, yeah, there's no rules. Yeah. So I ended up just writing a lot. Uh, you do have the ability to write. Uh, wow. Well, some I didn't. people. I was looking at you thinking, how on earth? And I was thinking, especially the first night, I hope he even feels the medicine because there's no way that I would have been able to pick up a pen and paper. So I think it just depends on who you are, how much medicine you take and how deep you go. Yeah. And who you are, because you are very deep and able to write. Yeah. So um, that was... That was really cool. I uh, had a great second night. What's up, little man? And um, yeah, and then you kind of know from the first night what to expect the second night. I, by the third serving towards the end, when I was like coming out of it, all I was thinking about was the watermelon and the pineapple. I was so excited. And then after it ends, like the whole winding down and coming out of the ceremony probably takes like 30 minutes they're prepping you for it so they're like this will be the second the last song or you know they're kind of by the way the entire time there's just insane incredible music happening i feel like we should link people in the show notes to a playlist that i made that's inspired from the weekend it has a lot of the songs they're just so beautiful so good and yeah i mean we I was just waiting, pouncing really at the opportunity for the watermelon. and the- <laughs> Pouncing. Okay. The second night I enjoyed the watermelon very much as well. Was the second night, the night that I almost got not mad at you, but like I was in a kind of a very weird state and I probably shouldn't have been even like communicating with people. You know what I'm talking about? I think that was second. I think so too. I I ate a lot of watermelon that night too, and it was so good. And that was the night that I was chatting with CK. Yeah. Just to clarify for people, I came into a conversation and I thought Jonathan said something that he really didn't say. And I was getting like really mad about it in in my head in a way that I never, ever would if I was not feeling the medicine in my system. It was just heightening emotions and I was misunderstanding. And I think the real um, thing that I was supposed to do was go to bed. So I, I eventually did that and I realized that I was wrong. <laughs> but it was all very minor. All the while, I'm oblivious to it. And CK and I had an amazing conversation. I thought Jonathan said, like, oh, Jordan thinks I'm her best friend. Ha, ha, ha. But I'm oh, not. Oh, yeah. I thought he's... I'm like, what? That's so mean. Every single day, we agree that we're best friends. Best friend. Best friend. Best friend. Best friend. <laughs> this is what we do all day. Um, I was like, why the hell would you tell somebody I'm not your best friend? And he was like, you completely misunderstood. You came into the conversation and thought that I said, like, the opposite of what I really meant, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you do. So, <laughs> so that's that. Maybe you don't have any like important conversation. No, you can have it. Okay. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't either. Okay. Well, now it's just, it's 10 30 PM. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is fuzzy. It's um, okay. I know. It's fun. So, third, so, third night, day. Uh, third day. So, again, it's like 5 36 in the morning. And the next ceremony is at like, what, 11, 
11 a.m. And this is the day that you're, uh, that, that I would be leaving, uh, and you would be leaving as well. But for me leaving, because I was driving, um, I didn't want to have too much medicine. I also didn't want to have too much medicine because I had to go to work the next day. And I didn't know how this would transpire after, you know, that evening. So I went kind of light on Sunday uh, and had just a beautiful, like, experience. I'm, I, I, I wish I could be more descriptive, but, you know, for me, it was kind of revisiting the same intentions and just having a better understanding for humanity and uh, seeing people that I work with, like going scanning through every single person that I know and being able to find so many things about them that I appreciate and love. For example, uh, uh, JD, Paul, Josh, my brother, all four of them, what I realized they all have in common that I never realized before was that they're all the oldest sibling. Oh, yeah. And the responsibility of being the oldest, like, damn, like you're like two, three years old. You don't even know how to be responsible for yourself. And like your parents are kind of telling you the first thoughts that you can understand. And they're, you take care of your brother, you back your brother up, you take care of him, you take care of your sister. It's the opposite of my experience. Opposite of mine too. Like I'm the, I'm the youngest. So just like in my mind, I'm going to these places of like appreciation and gratitude, looking at things like I've never looked at them before. And that was, I mean, that was my experience. I would very much looking forward to doing it again. I didn't think that this would be something that I would get so much out of. And like I said in the beginning, we had like the Rolls Royce experience. Um, it would be very difficult for me to want to do this uh, in any other circle or group. Just. I agree. Because the music was, I, oh my God, like the playlist that Jordan is going to send you is, is good. There's nothing like this, the, the, sh, the shaman singing and whistling and playing the guitar and wearing this amazing bald eagle headdress oh, that, that he the most got beautiful thing in I've ever Peru seen. from the natives. And he's kind of bobbing like back and forth with his head and the feathers are just kind of, you know, waving as he's strumming his guitar and whistling as his wife, who's a goddess, just beautiful, just singing the most beautiful words ever. I mean, like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if you can ask for a better experience. You can't. It's true. It was the goop. Of <laughs> it experiences. was. It was the top of the line. It really was. Oh my God. It was amazing. And so now you see why I came home the first time and couldn't stop talking about it. Yes. And felt like I was changed and know that I have changed. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was excited to share my experience with a few people and knowing that. It's really difficult to, I told my mom, I was like, I did an ayahuasca retreat and she goes, you know, I was one of the first people in Los Angeles to practice yoga. 
<laughs> oh, she thought you meant Ashtanga. Yeah. Exactly. And well, I was like, a- Mom, no, that's it's not yoga. And she's like, Oh, okay. Then later I told her, like, oh, I did this healing retreat. It is this medicine that really heals people. And and your mom's response was, Well, why doesn't everyone do it? <laughs> and I said, Well, it's not for everyone because it is a psychedelic. So it expands your mind and you have to be you have to be up for that. And she's like, oh, well, Jonathan didn't do it, right? <laughs> I was like, no, he did. And he and he chatted with your ancestors and everybody's good. And that was it? She was like, cool with it? Yeah, she was interested. I think she thinks we are very adventurous. Yes. We're the coolest. We are very adventurous compared to probably everyone in both of our families. Yeah. I mean, everyone's adventurous in their own ways, but we are very open-minded and I just love and appreciate how open-minded you are. And you mentioned in this episode that you never really believed in like mystical things. And here you are engaged to want to such a spiritual person who channels aliens and is surrounded. We have probably 150 crystals at home, a singing bowl, 10 yoga mats, 10 mala bead things. <laughs> I mean, I could go on and on. Yeah, it's So you, it's you're funny. extremely open-minded as well. I have learned to be a lot more open-minded. In fact, I have a very funny overheard LA submission about Miss... Jordan Younger. Oh my God. I came home one night and this is what she told me. And I thought it was hilarious. So I sent it to Overheard LA. Uh, Babe, I'm going to need you to stop talking for like 20 minutes. I'm channeling the Palladians and writing in my journal. And I was in the bath. Boom. I'm going to need you to stop talking for like 20 minutes. How funny is that? It's hilarious. And it's true. Anybody listening knows when you're in the flow and you're channeling or you're writing in your journal, you do not want someone to talk to you. So you're very open-minded. I'm very, very grateful. And I agree that Sunday of the retreat was very beautiful. And we danced. And that was so fun. did dance. Dancing was so fun. The shaman's wife is... An incredible dancer. She's a goddess. goddess. We all had so much fun dancing. And then we closed out the ceremony outside. Well, you almost didn't come. (laughs) I had to go searching in this huge house for Jonathan because every single person, every retreat goer, every facilitator was was reading outside. (laughs) And Jonathan was upstairs in bed reading, reading a photo album of us, which is incredibly sweet. But I was shouting through the house, Jonathan, where are you? Then you came out and got to experience the end of the ceremony. And we sang a song. What was the song we sang? At the very end? Yeah. Wait, why is my brain not really working? I, I know what you're talking about. It's um, it's to the tune of that song that everybody knows, but I can't think of it. I can't think of it either. It's, um, I know you say, oh, um, yeah. All I'm thinking about is na 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 na. Hey, 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 but that wasn't it. Uh, no, it's um, 
oh my God, this is going to drive me insane. The words are, I, uh, I, Was right? it Ring Around the Rosie? No. No. So crazy, because even after the first time I did this in January, the song was stuck in my head for months. Oh, McDonald had a farm? No. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, it's like, it is a song that little I, kids I, I, sing. I, uh... Oh my God, my brain is fuzzy. Maybe I'll remember it and I can put it in the outro if I remember. Anyway, it was beautiful. We danced around in a circle. We all intertwined and hugged and it was very beautiful. It was. And like Jonathan said, you grow really close with the group that you're with and they start to feel like family very quickly. So you just feel so bonded with everyone and you just love everyone. So if you're ever thinking, people listening about going to an ayahuasca retreat by yourself, just know that's totally awesome. You'll make so many friends. I went to my first one by myself and made incredible friends, met just such kind, like-minded people. Big takeaways about Aya. Um, big takeaways about ayahuasca in general. Yeah. Someone that maybe listen to this, they're a little curious or advice. My advice would be bring comfy pillows. Make sure your setup is like, like 100. What would be your big takeaways? Well, that would be one. Another would be, I mean, honestly, like everyone can just do their own thing, but I really enjoyed not knowing what I was getting myself into and just being open the whole time. Just stay open as your intention. If you had to have one, stay open would probably be it and enjoy the journey. Yeah. Enjoy the journey. Know that whatever you experience, you'll only experience one time. You'll never experience the same thing twice. So truly have an open mind. If you are afraid, don't be afraid. Just surrender into the medicine. I had so much fear on that first night and it it had to happen. It was part of my experience. But when I let go of that fear and I remembered that I was there for a reason and the medicine was working through me. I had nothing to be afraid of. So drop the fear, surrender into the medicine, have fun. Surrender, have fun. Yeah, it's all about joy. It's all about waking up to our souls. That's what we do. You only get one life. Or so many. (laughs) You only get one of these lives. You only get one of this exact life. That's true. That's true. And it's good just to make the most of it. Yes. Like. So precious. It's precious. There's no point in being mad and petty. As much as you love those real housewife shows, I think like, wow. You love it. (sighs) He loves it for the record. But I agree. I watch the drama so that I don't have drama in my own life. It is over an overwhelming amount of drama. Some episodes, some <laughs> seasons, some characters. Oh my god, it's funny! Like the fact that I'm about to say what I'm about to say goes to tell you, like I know that I've I've been watching this show by proxy for too long. You went back, and now you're watching season four. I know with Yolanda Hadid in it. 
I'm obsessed with Yolanda. Oh my God, there's so much drama this season. I know, in the fourth season? Yeah. Yeah, I know. The drama between everyone. Oh, Joyce. Joyce is annoying. Yeah, Joyce. Joyce and Brandy. Brandy and everyone. (laughs) <laughs> Lisa Vanderpump and everyone. And now we're talking about Lisa uh, and Kyle. Uh, Real Housewives. Brandy and Lisa. Brandy and Ken. Dang. I could go on. I mean, yeah, I think getting entertainment out of things like this, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. And then, really, my other takeaway would be to just go into the experience with no judgment of yourself or anyone else. You never know what's going to be happening around you or next to you or. I, my first experience was screaming and I'm just so grateful that no one judged me in the long run because maybe they did at first and that was something that they had to confront about themselves. So dropping judgment because we're all one. Yeah. You're the best. Thanks, babe. You're the best. My babe does cool stuff and I get to experience them. I'm so lucky to have a partner in crime to experience it all with. Signing off. Yep. All right, guys. Check out Jonathan at Inspire People on Uh, Instagram. Inspire underscore people. He gets really upset because... Because... There's a lot more people following him now than when we began. But honestly, you guys, he loves it. My followers, I had like 800. He prides himself on that. But honestly, find him. Even more importantly, if you see him in in public, (laughs) go up to him and say hi. Because he does does love that. And that is fun. I got the cutest picture. Let's shout out Brittany, who you met. um, Brittany is rad. On on the street. Brittany Leister. Yeah. Brittany, I hope you're listening. The picture that I got of you guys on the street the other day really made my day. Brittany, a, a singer, a 992 Turbo 4S. I mean, those are the greatest of all Porsche models. Is that her car? No, she's just a Porsche enthusiast. Oh, she is. Yeah, so you we, guys had a lot in common. Yeah. Let me guess. You're talking on the street and a Porsche drove by and you were like, oh my God, look at that car. No, her page has all Porsches on it. Really? Yeah. You guys are literally meant to be friends. No, I know. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. We are going back and forth on like, remember the custom car company that I want to eventually have? Of course. You talk about it all the time. Yeah. She knows all about them. She was at the the car show at the Universal lot, like the Porsche car show. You should go sometime. I will one day. Yeah. So moral of the story, say hi to Jonathan if you see him out and about. Um, we did go to Erewhon the night that we finished ayahuasca and we ran into a couple people and I was still heavily feeling the medicine and it was a hilarious experience looking back on it. But if you were one of those people that we saw, thank you for saying hi. I love it all the time, no matter what, even if I'm on a different planet, which I often am. And I am right now because it's it's really late for me, but that's what I do to have my fiance on the podcast with me because he's a busy man during the weekdays. I am. He's a busy man and he's going out of town tomorrow and I'm going out of town for a week and a half. 
And it was important that we got this done before we left. It was very important. So it can come out on time. On time. When is it coming out? It's coming out the week of... Oh my God. I'm trying to... Wait. Not, it's coming not out July soon. 11. What's the week after July 11th? The July 17th 18th. or the 18th. Yep. That's when you guys will hear it. I can't wait. We love you. Hudson loves you. Peace out. I, I really do love all of you. You, I get to see how much Jordan impacts so many people and it's beautiful. So thank you for supporting her. And I mean, let's be real. She's not from here and she's incredible. I'm definitely not from here. I love you, Baba. Thanks for keeping me on earth. Love you too. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with me and the love of my life. He is truly the best. I feel so honored to have had him on. And I just feel so honored to have gone on this plant medicine journey with him. My dream after doing ayahuasca the first time was to be able to experience this beautiful plant medicine with the love of my life. So the fact that that actually happened is kind of still a pinch me moment. Ayahuasca has influenced my life in such beautiful ways. I highly recommend if she's calling to you to look into doing ayahuasca in a very safe way. You can listen to one of my earlier episodes with Dennis Naughton to learn more about what ayahuasca is, how to do it safely, etc., etc. And it's just amazing. So please do check out my course, Waking Back Up to Your Own Soul. We'll put a link in the show notes. Email me if you want the payment plan option. Thank you to all of our sponsors, Four Sigmatic, Manitoba Harvest. Be sure to enter that giveaway and Silver Fern. Thank you to the love of my life, Jonathan, for coming on the show. Always a blast to have you on. If you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast, head to iTunes and do so. And then send me a screenshot to Jordan at thebalanceblonde.com. I'll send you my Soul on Fire yoga ebook for free. It's 300 pages. It's awesome. And I just appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. I cannot wait to keep connecting. You guys are the best and I love you. Mwah.